Well, welcome to the Walrus and the Carpenter. My name is Jason Allgood. I'm the teaching pastor of Fellowship Bible Church, and with me, as always, is Gary Gear, pastor of Calvary Baptist Bible Church here in Peoria as well. Gary, what has been going on, my friend? Not a whole lot. Kids are home from school. Um, I'm getting used to them being there and gone again continually. We we have to spend a lot more on food now. Yeah, which I kind of miss the quiet during the school year, but. Uh, I enjoy the chaos of uh, the tide moving in and out per se. Have have you uh, overtaken the rooms and turned them into you know like maybe Joy's craft room and your home theater or not yet? Okay. It, the, the temptation <laughs> has been there, but I want to waste until at least most of them have actually graduated. And oh, okay, home. okay, gotcha. Understood. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not they're not coming home and saying where's my bed? No, no, okay. they're, they're they're now for one of our children we if we if we have foster children we give them that room. Okay. So yeah, that that kid can be moved out at any time, but they've come to terms with that, right? You know, and, right. you know, and we love everyone else more than you. So good. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Okay, well, you mentioned earlier that you and your family uh, were possibly – I don't know if you – we never actually discussed whether or not you actually saw the solo movie. Did you see the solo movie and what were your thoughts? Yes, we saw the solo movie. I didn't think it was horrible. Okay. Um, I think uh, Glover did a good job in trying to imitate Billy D. Williams. Yep. He, he tried to have the same vocal cadence and all that. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with the whole droid thing. Sentient droids have rising up in rebellion and all that. It seems inconsistent. But it was just funny. I robot type. Yeah, if you're just going feel. down for five bucks and you want to watch a film that's a little bit of a space opera, hey, you know, go for it. It it, yeah. it doesn't make or break my childhood. It doesn't right. change. Right. Yeah. My yeah. World. Yeah. I was I was not super crazy about it. On on in the sense of I'm losing my. Here we go. In the sense of um, just the storyline of Star Wars type fan in me, right? You know, but in the in the grand scheme of is this a fun movie? Is there, you know, it's got a little bit of a, um, a little twist at the end, right. kind of a thing. You know, yeah, it's. It, um, I thought it was. I thought it was good in that sense. Uh, in the sense of playing out the story of Solo, it was a letdown. I tell you what, the worst line in the whole movie. Your last name, Solo. Mm-hmm. I'm like thinking, all right, guys. Oh, that was who, super cheesy. Who, whoever wrote that needs to be yeah. fired from yeah. It was Kasdan. Pardon? It was Kasdan. It was Lawrence Kasdan, the, the guy who wrote Empire Strikes Back. And he, he put he that line He came up there. with that line, and that's the line that sold I, Disney on the movie. Yes, I read about that. I didn't realize it was Kasdan, but he, 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 and he needs to write reality TV now. <laughs> And be kept far away from anything of any quality because that was so bad. Yeah, that was that was that was very disappointing. In fact, so um, and I I thought the guy I don't even know who the guy is who played Solo. I thought his performance was okay. I mean, um, and maybe he was of the poetic license of I don't need to bring Harrison in, but you know, um, uh, the gentleman you mentioned whose name just slipped my Billy mind. Billy D. Williams. That, yeah, Billy. D., well, the uh, the guy who was it playing was, it um, was a Danny Glover. D., uh, yeah, Glover's uh, uh, not Danny Glover. That's the dad. No, but but he, and he isn't his his dad. Oh, um, he's not. No, no, he's not his dad. Oh, I thought that was his. No, no, his no, son. No, 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 oh, okay. It's I forget Glover. We'll call him Glover. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, this is we're gonna. This is gonna guy. get edited out of the yeah. episode. <laughs> We're butchering it, but anyway, I thought he did do a good job in trying to catch uh, Billy D. Williams' cadence, as you mentioned. But anyway, well, um, we are not doing a movie review today, but I was just curious about that. Um, Gary, you were in charge of picking the topic for today, so why don't you get us uh, rolling here, my friend? Well, um, 
I wanted to Donald Glover. His name is Donald Glover. Donald Glover, okay, but no good. relation to Danny. No, no. Okay, I, I or a distant I, relation, but okay, no, he, okay. it isn't father's son. His 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 uh, rap name is Childish Gambino. Yes, Childish Gambino. He just put out the This Is America thing, yeah. which was interesting. But moving right yeah, along. Mo- moving right along. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about that either. No. Um, <laughs> although there's some correlation there a little bit. We're, we're, what we're talking today is about what's happening currently in the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. um, specifically uh, the role of Paige Patterson. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know, Paige Patterson uh, was formerly a president of the SBC. He taught at Southwestern down mm-hmm. in Fort Worth, yep. uh, a big name in the SBC for decades. When I was uh, when I was Southern Baptist back in the 80s, he, he was a big name then. Mm-hmm. Um he was very anti-Calvinistic. I do remember that, mm-hmm. um, and kind of their face for a long time. In fact, this is me sounding biased, although I'm not trying to be biased. He was kind of the stereotypical good old boy Southern Christianity thing yeah. type that you would yeah. consider um, parodied a lot in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if 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 Falwell had not been the poster boy, yes. probably Paige Patterson would right, have been. Right, yeah. and, and And what actually broke that stereotype was probably the conservative takeover yes. in Southern – that right. happened back in the in, in the late nineties, right. and on forward. With well, that. but you have to remember that Paige Patterson was instrumental in the conservative resurgence of, right. of uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, and as was Adrian Rogers. So you have two non-Calvinists who really pushed through, right? The, right. But they were yeah. not the face, or or the end result that came out of that. Yes, yeah, was different. In fact, I would argue that while Adrian Rogers and Paige Patterson pushed it, it was. It was largely more cultural, whereas from Southern you had more of an expository culture right. that demanded the yeah. conservative yeah. resurgence at yeah. that point. Yeah. But but the point being made is that uh, there's been some accusations laid out that have been confirmed that he mishandled some accusations of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. One of them, uh, he looked like he gave some bad advice. Mm-hmm. I would not call that um, – Criminal in any sense of, of the word. Right. Uh, two more that come up where uh, there are accusations of rape, not against him, but against various uh, students or people who are involved with the Southern Baptist Convention. And at least in one of them, he gave advice to make sure the police did not know about it. Mm-hmm. And now you see all this coming out in the cusp of the Me Too movement, which has kind of come, become part of evangelical Christianity. Um, which is sad because it shouldn't be necessary for wait for that in the first place. Right. Um, first of all, he was removed from his position, and he was made a, a pastor emeritus there at Southwestern. President emeritus. Yeah. 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 President. Thank you. Yeah. Um, President emeritus. Um, he was uh, given a house. He was given a pension, and now since more information has come up. All those things have been taken away from him at that mm-hmm. point, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of political fighting. And I believe with the convention coming up and everything, their annual convention, I think a lot of that's really going to blow up all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wanted to kind of discuss today how we think that's going to, first of all, impact conservative evangelicalism as a whole, mm-hmm. and ask the question: Why should we care? And what could have prevented all of this? Sure. Yeah, let me let me just um, hem in a few things, just Please, yeah. a, a little more too. Um, 
this was in the context of a seminary, these things that happen, yes. these accusations, not in the context of a church, which I think leads to a, a question we need to talk about. Right. Um, but also um, the Southern Baptist Convention is that it is a convention, not a denomination. I think that confuses a lot of people as well. I, I, would, I would say this. I'd say technically it's not a denomination, but I say, I'd say culturally it acts. Yes, and that's right. That there is, there is a, a sense in which we have to be um, – we have to uh, see things as they really are. Yes. Um, so where denominations tend to have some input into even down to the local assembly level, the Southern Baptist Convention is not supposed to do that. Um, it takes a lot of movement to get a church taken out of the convention. Let's say that they're liberal or they're going against the BFM 2000, you know, those, those kinds of things. Um, so it does, there isn't the, like if you're looking at a Presbyterian denomination that, you know, there's presbyteries and then general assembly and, and, some, right. you know, it's a little easier to move people out. So, but culturally you're right. There is a, there are movers and shakers within the convention. And I think at the end of the day, some of this has to do with that. Um, and, and we can get into that in a little bit, but I just want to make sure people understand that technically it's it's not supposed to be that there are those who can um, have um, oversight into the local assemblies, and so it does. It leads to the question of you know is the seminary supporting the church, church supporting seminary, uh, the convention supporting the seminaries and missions and, and all those kinds of things that that you know maybe we'll not get to all of that today, but just to kind of try to outline it a little bit. Paige Patterson was uh, most recently at Southwestern. That's where he was let go from. Um, he was at Southeastern before that, and uh, previous to that, I think if I, my memory is correct, Criswell College. Um, in, I don't remember. in the Dallas area. Um, uh, but again, very influential in the convention. Um, and again, looking, he actually spoke at RHMA this, 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 this last yeah, spring. This, yeah, yeah this just this a couple convention. months ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I thought of that the other day. So anyway. But continue on. No, no, no. I was just trying to hem in some of those those things. So your first question was kind of how, how does this affect evangelicalism as a whole? Yes. As, as a whole, we look at conservative evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. Let's say expository evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. How do we see what's going on here? What, what type of impact is it, mm -hmm. is it going to have? You know, again, we're kind of trying to predict something that right. we're not quite sure. So I would say it would seem that there's a trajectory now to be more careful about these kinds of matters in regard to top-down, um, how do we handle these kinds of situations when they arise. Um, again, we kind of have the church seminary type crossover we're talking about here. We we did a whole episode on sexual abuse and, and how to handle that when when it's when it's brought about. Um, but I, I think it is what it's what it's doing is it's putting a flag in the um, in in the earth and saying uh, we need to pay attention to this. Um, I do think something you just said that I, that's been on my mind quite a bit is that the co-opting of the Me Too movement by the church is both a, a sad reality in one way and I think a mistake in another way. Well, pausing. Okay. Just a moment. I think we need to look at the uh, Me Too movement from two different angles. Mm -hmm. I would say that if we look at the Harvey Weinstein case, which was kind of the uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? It was the genesis of the whole it, thing. Well, yeah. it was it was it was a genesis somewhat of the uh, the 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 bellwether. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For for the secular world. Right. <coughs> Excuse me, but the 
Del the uh, the uh, Jen Del Hollander. I, I uh, Den Hollander. Yeah, yeah the, Rachel. The, yes, the, 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 the Rachel Den Hollander case was the bellwether for the Christian. Yes, where I think the Me Too movement as a whole largely untouched the evangelical church until right. Mrs. Dan Hollander came up with hers, yes. and, I'm, and I'm, I'm wording that poorly, pardon me, when she stepped forward with her issues and she tied mm-hmm. the gospel so closely mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And then she started calling out sovereign grace mm-hmm. and some of these things. And I think that's when the ripple effect started to hit us. Yes, yeah, yeah. I could be a little off with my chronology, but I, I think we're looking at basically yeah, two. now two, two parallel and two parallel trajectories that tend to cross each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with that. And, and when I say it's sad, yes. I mean that it took something as big as what happened to Rachel, which happened in a secular setting, right. but she is also bringing in saying, look, the church has got to deal with this as well. We can't be covering this up, et cetera, et cetera. My, this, the um, disappointing side for me of that is is that, or I guess the part that I would be very careful about in that is that we, when we co-opt secular um, – movements or in today's world hashtags that we're saying something we're aligning ourselves with something maybe more than what we want to be aligning ourselves with if you look at some of the timelines or 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 walls of people who are you know speaking these kinds of realms um which is good they need to be outspoken and you and I need to be outspoken right. but but I kind of get a little concerned when I see you know all the thumbs up from the people who are also pro lgbt and all these right. kinds of things and I'm Maybe I'm too much of a fundamentalist, but <laughs> I just think we got to be super careful about how, how we, you know, what what are we saying we are in agreement with? Are we in agreement with this because the world has said it? And 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 if I put a hashtag on it, you know, to try to co-opt something, I might be doing that. Or or am I am I saying this is important because God says it's important? I, I think a lot of it ties in with what we see as our solution, and I, I know you've seen some of this too. Uh, the cry within the Southern Baptist Convention, within a certain group, has been okay. This what hap- This is what happens when men are in charge. Right. Right. So, and I think you see that parallel to the Me Too movement. Uh, right. The big movement for intentional diversity with women and minorities. I mean, there was the mm-hmm. issue. Uh, I don't know if you read about Google voting down some issues regarding diversity and, and no, hiring and all that. of that, but. The solution the world is laying forth is saying if we only had more women in there right. or if we only had more minorities in the world or whatever, mm-hmm. sin nature would go away. Right, right. You know, or yeah. you know, there would be more people who are sympathetic to the victims. Right. And I think that we are co-opting some of that solution. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, when we're looking at um, – uh, you know, saying, okay, well, we need to have a female president of mm-hmm. the Southern Baptist Convention or more people in spiritual authority over men. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into all that right now. We probably should discuss complementarianism versus egalitarianism right, someday. Right, right, right. But I, I, I think that is where we're co-opting the wrong thing rather than saying, okay, what does it mean to desexualize our, right. ourselves? What does it mean to have the right type of relationships between men and women? What does it mean right. to Absolutely. disciple one another? Yeah, proper uh, – my, my friend uh, Damon Horton put out earlier, proper complementarianism is not equivalent to 
uh, misogyny and uh, patriarchy. No. Um, and so um, I think that that's right. And I think that some of what has happened, as you mentioned earlier, was – and getting back to the Paige Patterson thing, was this sort of good old boy network kind yes. of – and I'm not even saying that that's the reason why he did – um, you know, hey, we we need to keep the authorities, you know, out of this kind of stuff. But uh, it, it's possible. Uh, one thing I want to say before I forget too is that I I want to say that there's in all of these situations and the on the Christian side, not all, many of these situations on the Christian side of things, these men have done good things. Yes, you know, um, Paige Patterson being involved in the in the resurgence in the Southern Baptist Convention was a good thing. Now his motives, his the reasons, if it was political, whatever the case may be, God used that even if he had the wrong motives. I'm not suggesting that he did, but to, to bring about a change in the largest denomination convention in the United States. And so that was a good thing. And I think, you know, even if we could say 75% of what Paige Patterson did over the last 40 years has been good for the Southern Baptist Convention, you, you know, we need to acknowledge that these men did do things that were that were helpful. Um, however, we do in this moment in our looking at these things have to say, we have to highlight some of these um, mistakes, intentional or unintentional. Right. And I, I, th- I think a lot of, and I'm trying to speak in all fairness to Mr. Patterson. I, for those who know me, I'm not his biggest fan. Mm-hmm. All right. But I am from everything. It sounds like he reacted in fear, mm. a fear of, okay, we don't want to be spurch. And again, it was a wrong fear. It was an ungodly fear. Mm-hmm. When I was an assistant pastor way back in the day, we had a young lady in our youth group who had been uh, sexually assaulted by a family member. Mm-hmm. And she came to us and uh, she said, um, uh, you know, this is what's happening to me. And we went to the senior pastor like, okay, we need to go to the police. Mm-hmm. And the senior pastor, he meant very well. He goes, well, we need to get her out of there. That's for sure. But if we go to the police, then they'll take her away and we'll never see her again. And, you know, she'll be with some family who doesn't love Christ. And mm-hmm. I often had to step forward and say, well, if you don't say something, then we're going to say something. I never really, I mean, I was disappointed in him, but I couldn't get angry with him on that because that was so much a part of the culture mm-hmm. of that day. Mm-hmm. Um, the fear of the authorities, fear of them getting involved, fear of further victimization, all of those things. Right. Do I think it was an ungodly fear? Do I think it was a, 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 a foolish fear? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But it wasn't someone giving high five saying, hey, we want more sexual assault in one of Oh, of course. Point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so yeah. Um, I think it does demonstrate the power of social media. Yes. Because that's another thing I've been thinking about. The, these things cannot have existed, I mean, as far as the accusations and everything else, unless social media mm-hmm. had spread out the information so quickly mm-hmm. and so comprehensively. Mm-hmm. So let's let's um explore that a little bit. Um is that the right way for things to come about? Um I'm not well, maybe right or wrong isn't the way to um frame it, but what well, are your thoughts? The more a ministry is based upon a local church and a local church body, the less impact the less impact social media is going to have on it. Right. Right. Yeah, because nobody's come beating down your door or my door saying, hey, what are you guys doing about this well, in, in, in a sense that of outsiders? Maybe right. within our eldership we were talking about these things. Well, but. I mean, yes. I mean, think about it. If a church makes a decision that no one else likes, 
the church can rally around that. You know, hopefully the elders will be communicating very clearly with the people. They'll be transparent with the people, and the church is all on the same page. Mm-hmm. The church is supporting the church. The church is supporting it financially mm-hmm. with the people. If the church is all on the same page, they're not going to care what social media says. Right. Whereas you have an organization like the the Southern Baptist Convention in which so much of the coin is paid in influence. Mm-hmm. You know, there mm-hmm. was there's holes being constantly ripped at the bottom of the bag through Twitter, mm-hmm. and all of that coinage is falling out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, there were two aspects you asked about evangelicalism. What was the other question about um, impact? I was uh, oh, as far as how it should uh, change the way we do things in the future. I mean, like mm-hmm. what 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 do we look out? What, what do we need to look at structurally? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. see that these things don't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thought that comes to mind, I'd love to kind of just dialogue about this a little bit, is this whole idea of this happened in a seminary, not in a church, and um, what relationship should the seminary have with the church? And clearly, we're talking about the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm going to a Southern Baptist seminary currently, so um, but but how how does that work itself out? In what way? Well, what I mean is, um, it, it how how do the churches influence the seminaries, or you know what I'm saying? So seminaries have become these institutions that are outside of the church, very much not really um, uh, supported, like in the sense of leadership by the church. I mean, they're supported financially by churches um, and by students, but but you know, the, the, Paige Patterson wasn't the pastor of a church. So how do you deal what, with what, that? What what church was was he part of? That's one thing I'm. That's to a great out. question. What church was he part of? And yep. I, I will say this: if we want to influence seminaries, we have to influence the churches where the people go mm-hmm. who teach at the seminaries. It's mm-hmm. a great point. We, we we have to find out what they hold to and why they hold to what they hold. Yeah, to. Paige Patterson's pastor has not come forward and said, "Just so you guys know, we're we're." discipling him, we're encouraging him and the things that had gone wrong here. Right. You know, we're having conversation. And maybe that's not appropriate for a public no, and you know, they, they knowledge shouldn't. as well. But you know, you do kind of wonder, you know, who where do these guys go to church? Who are their pastors? Who's who's shepherding them? Uh, along those lines, and this kind of ties in with the whole parachurch structure. Mm-hmm. Again, once you go parachurch you are more at the mercy of the culture, and that, that, mm-hmm. that's not saying they should be cast aside or anything. Mm-hmm. But we have to recognize that fact and ask, how do we counter the culture's influence upon yeah. these things? Yeah. Well, you and I both went to a school where there was a church that was formed based on the school, not a church that right. said, let's start a school. Although this year they're finally voting on a pastor. The congregation's voting on a pastor. Oh, really? Which really surprises me. That is, I'm glad they're doing it. That is interesting. But um, that was done, in, yes. or, in my opinion, that was done in order to keep the students from um, having any kind of influence from any other churches in the exactly. area. Exactly. I would agree 100%. So, I, I, you know, my father-in-law about that school in particular would say it's, it's the wrong order. The church needs to start a school, not the school starting a church, vice versa. You know, if, if PCC, let's just say the name of the school, if they were to close tomorrow, my guess is that that church would close. Maybe not. Uh, maybe there's been enough time now that it would it would c- continue to exist as, right, a, as a church. Right, with the tail wagging and the dog type Right, setup. right, yeah. Well, I mean, look at um, 
Tennessee Temple University, which the church started the school. Highland uh, Park. Highland yeah. Park. Now it's Church of the Highlands. Once the school shut down, the church continued to exist right. because the church had been the foundation of the school. Right. Or Calvary Seminary up in Pennsylvania, the same thing happened. With uh, see, and I'm not as familiar with that one, but yeah. So Lansdale, they, they finally closed their doors. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with that. So yeah, uh, yeah I just I think that there is a um, – a, a, Maybe the change comes in the way that seminaries are run in some ways too. Well, or or just any parachurch organization because yeah. we 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 have the issue with ABWE mm. and yep. the, the 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 sexual assault that had taken mm-hmm. place with for I, twenty thirty yes, years for, for goodness sake yeah the fact ridiculous. you know no one ever really said anything about right, it right yeah and yeah. again when when you have a parachurch organization that is not making sure. That people are plugged into the local church, and also, and this, it is easy for us to look at the church and say, you know, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. To to paraphrase our Lord in Revelation, what He has opened cannot be shut; what He shut cannot be opened. Mm-hmm. And we look at the church or individual local congregations; we can have that. But it's almost like when we come to parachurch ministries, we know that that's not the docket, and we panic. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to keep this open no matter what. And mm-hmm. once we remove that one step away from the church, we have to we we, we have to watch out for the idolatry. Mm. I think that naturally arises. You know, mm. I need to keep this mission board open, I need to keep this charity open, mm-hmm. I need to keep this seminary open mm-hmm. because the church of Christ will suffer if it's gone. Mm-hmm. And if you've read church history for any length of time, you know that that's such a pile of steaming garbage. Hey, you went to a seminary that was based uh, in a church. Yes. What yes. was the relationship between Detroit and Inner City? How did that? I mean, Detroit Seminary and, and Inner City Baptist Church. How did that? The if you taught at if if well if if you taught at the um, seminary, you had to be a member of the church itself. Interesting. So they wouldn't allow. Full time profs to be that's my that that may have changed by now, mm-hmm. but if it did, it had to be under the the supervision of mm-hmm. the church itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Dave Dorn does now, but uh, I remember also for the students, you were required to turn in reports as far as how you're participating in some ministry. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you and it was a smaller seminary that we would sit down and talk and say, okay, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be doing that instead. Right, right. And there's there's uh, accountability there at that point, but. Um, I think because of its size, and it was able to stay really close mm-hmm. to the church without mm-hmm. there being a lot of the problems that somewhere, let, let's say, you know, Southern has to deal with, or right. Southwestern, right, or, right, or uh, yeah, or even Gordon Conwell or something like that, right, right. Which again, even though we're talking about Southwestern and it's a Southern Baptist school, to what degree does any Pass. It's a it's it's a it's a board. It's a board that oversees these things. Um, one of the seminaries that um, I love and appreciate so much is the Expositor Seminary, which is based out of um, Jupiter, Florida. I have friends on faculty there, but it is it is um, boarded. The board are the elders of Jupiter of Grace Emanuel Bible Church. And then uh, the pastors that teach around the nation, because they have satellite campuses, are also a part of that board. But it's so tied into the local church um, that if anything like this were to occur, it would be that local assembly taking care of that professor or you know president or, or whatever. Right, the case and may I be. would agree. I would agree that that's that's the point. You, you got to remember with this again with the Southern Baptist Convention, y- you have more 
to deal with than simply the existence of seminaries. You mm-hmm. have the Lottie Moon offering and the co-op program and all that other stuff. Right, right. And that's going to define mm-hmm. its presence as a whole mm-hmm. depending on how things look at that. Oh, you go to our seminaries and you might be raped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is is and that, nothing's going to happen to right. the person who did it, and right. authorities and aren't going to be brought in. Or yeah, there's that there's that primal fear. Well, mm-hmm. what have we built? And I, right. I think again, once we step out of the church, I, I, I think there's something. If we're smart, the church always reminds us we didn't build it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but you go to a parachurch ministry, and mm-hmm. you, you you you're one step away from that. Mm-hmm. And um, Darren Roberts, uh, who hap- happens to be a part of um, the Expositor Seminary, he reminded us uh, the other day that the church is the pillar and foundation of truth. Yes. Not the seminary. Yes. You know, and so I think there's a lot to be said about that. So let me ask you something, Gary. If you were to answer the question, what's next for Southwestern Seminary, how, how would you, or for the Southern Baptist Convention in regard to that, how would you answer that question? How, how, how should they move forward? Because they're asking us. I mean, I'm getting oh, phone man. calls all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody's asking me anything. So, um, I was like, what do we do, Jason? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think part of it, there, there needs to be, I, I, would, I would say, I, I, I'm going to keep adding folds on here, so I'm afraid to ask twofold and threefold. First of all, uh, there needs to be a policy that, as, as far as tying in the various seminaries and their staff to the various local churches, there mm-hmm. needs to be just total accountability. Mm-hmm. I think, secondly, there needs to be a review of all past cases. I know mm-hmm. other schools like Bob Jones and other people have had the, the, the Grace folk in, mm-hmm. and they've gone through the records, and they've asked people to come forward. That would be the wisest thing for them to do right now and just take their lumps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it also – Can I pause you for a second yeah. and ask you – why is that so important? Because that, I think, is, goes back to that fear thing again of well, taking our lumps may mean this is going to go away. This thing's going to shut down. Because what's worse, to be diminished or to disappoint your God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. And yeah, if if you're part of something in which other people have been damaged – now I admit throwing ourselves on the sword of uh, you know oh look at us we're you know we're going to do whatever possible and it's unrealistic and and it's not taking into account human nature I think that's stupid also mm-hmm. but at the fact of saying okay we're we're looking through all of this we're we're mm-hmm. making sure this doesn't happen anywhere else mm-hmm. and we're putting new policies in case mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I'm betting Southwestern probably already has these policies all in position yep. so yeah it's a matter of enforcing them yes yeah, matter of yeah. enforcing them but again this happened so many years ago and here's another question to ask and this comes from the Me Too movement. When do we finally – and I, I any, anything I say is going to sound horrible. I know what you're going to ask. When do yeah. we finally say, okay, right, right. that's passed. Yeah, yeah. The guy's no longer in charge. Right, right. The yeah. guy's not – and we're not going to give him authority right. again at that point. Right, and that was something that I can't remember who I was speaking with the other day, and they'll, they'll probably hear this and go, oh, it was me that was t- you were talking to. Everybody wants their pound of flesh. Yes. You know, every – I mean – you know, just using Paige Patterson as an example, you know, the president emeritus stuff, the giving a house to live on campus, the continued, you know, uh, right. salary. I'm glad they took that away. Yes, I would. I would definitely agree. But with I that. guarantee you, there are people that are out there. Well, take his retirement too. Yeah. Well, well, why the guy earned his retirement? 
You know, right. even though they're that's why I went back to the seventy five percent, eighty five percent. They did good things. The guy earned his retirement, right? And even if these things were kind of dotted throughout. And again, I'm not minimizing those things. Are massively well. There's egregious a difference things. between wage and honor. Yes, yeah, that's right. If you earn something as a wage, yep. But, it's what is due. But right? I what the think Bible says. that the emeritus position in yeah. the house. Yeah, I was, that was glad that they. And that, was, that, that was a case of honor. That was, we don't a, want to that was honor. a kick in the teeth to the people who had been wrong. Yes, exactly. You know, and the honor needed to be. But we don't want to kick Patterson in the teeth. And I think that's where the. I think that's where the secular. That's what I was talking about earlier. That that secular overlap of everybody wants their pound of flesh. I, I mean, I was watching some of these watch blog people the other day. Um, one of the churches I'm very familiar with in Florida. They had a, a music director who had gotten caught for child pornography and and all kinds of, of, of disgusting things. And they had written up an article and they were like, you know, the PCA needs to do something about this. Well, the PCA has structures to deal with this. And this church is also a part of the Gospel Coalition. So when is the Gospel Coalition going to speak up? And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. know, the Gospel Coalition is its own you know, it's 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 not a denomination, you know, but it's like everybody wants their pound of flesh and they want to just they're just gonna keep you know, pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding until, you know, Paige Patterson is his eyeballs are just sticking out of the sand and that's it. Well, if we if we look at the priority we're supposed to do, number one, first priority is to make sure that everyone's safe. Absolutely. Okay, first thing, make Amen. sure everybody's safe. Yes. Yeah. If it's you know, pull pull the person away so they can't hurt anyone else. Mm-hmm. Then, according to the law. Make sure the laws follow all the way through, and mm-hmm. make sure the law takes care of its bit. It's mm-hmm. it's it's my mm-hmm. flesh. I put mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. Number three, um, and by the way, making safe, I'd also make sure helping counsel the victims, work with the victims, that they be step from one also. Number two, make sure that justice is done. But number three, then, is checking for repentance with the person who did it and discipling them. Yeah. Yeah. Helping them grow in Christ. Right, right. And if the person has admitted and confessed and repented, right, then you know what? Let let that local church deal with it. Yes, yeah. Let that local church handle right. it. Now, right. if we see things not being handled, then yes, maybe we should step in and say something. Right, right. But at some point, you know, whether it's Paige Patterson, whoever else, um, there there needs to be desire to restore him to be a brother in Christ. Yep. Who has humbled himself? It's it's not to be, mm-hmm. you know. I want to seem like Wiley Coyote, right? Plastered at the bottom of the canyon with that last little uh, piece of dynamite spiraling down on him. Right, right. And I do think that we have. Um, I do think we've co-opted. I don't mean we, you and me. I think many out there have co-opted this idea that justice means that it looks like what I think it ought to look like. Yes. Instead of saying, you know, God says vengeance is mine, I will repay, there comes an end to temporal justice that we can no longer meet out anything. Right. Whether that's because the the justice system is screwed up and so the guy gets out of prison five years earlier than he should have or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, There is a sense in which the church needs to remember that that justice is still coming. Um, Or... If someone's in Christ, that's already been taken care of by the cross. Yes. Now, I'm not talking about free to do whatever we want to do. No, kind of no, stuff, there but... needs to be repentance. There yes, needs to absolutely. be repentance. repentance. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you've got someone who just goes along and keeps saying, uh, I've done nothing wrong, I've done nothing wrong, when it's proven he's done nothing wrong, I mean, to me, that's church discipline. That's, that's Matthew absolutely. 18. And, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and the whole bit. And right. It's been interesting watching the different camps kind of break up 
defending Mr. Patterson and, and attacking Mr. Patterson. Right. And I would be in the latter camp probably mm-hmm. saying, okay, this needs to be taken care of. But to see how much each group was willing to sin against the other, mm. viciously against mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, insulting and, and tearing yeah. each other apart. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't agree with that either. Right, and I, I, I wonder sometimes if that comes back to, again, this idea that we've lost view of the local church as, um, as priority and, and crucial in this whole discussion. Right. Um, this is a brother in Christ. Um, do I uh, wish ill towards Paige Patterson because of the choices that he made? I, no, I don't wish ill towards him. Do I, I hope that things get taken care of? And it seems like they have been. Maybe there's some other things that that, that will come about. Yeah, that's good. That needs to happen. Yes. Um, and uh, yet, at the same time, this idea that we're just going to keep we're just going to keep after it until there's not a shred of dignity left in this man's life. And right. you, you know, what right? I'm we we need to make sure that there's justice. We need to make mm-hmm. sure justice is followed all the way through. Yeah. Then right. we have to ask the question then. Who did God give justice to, mm-hmm. and how do we protect the innocent? And yes. the, what is our responsibility? And again, this is where the social media thing comes in. Again. Yep, I totally agree. Um, you know, uh, well, you know, so so and so made this poor decision, a sinful decision, fifteen years ago that they repented of. Mm-hmm. Well, they're still a horrible garbage person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not talking about and molesters and rapists. I mean, right. I, I, we, right. We've talked about that in detail. I'm not getting into that. Right. Uh, but right. the people who, out of ungodly fear, right. sought to preserve something. Right. Um, and I, I think sovereign grace is part of that, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. they fall in the same category. I, yep. I think they have yet to be honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, um, I, I'm not going to try to take every pastor and put a nail through their forehead. Right. Right. Indeed. Well, you're just saying that because you're a white uh, pastor, Gary. <laughs> I belong to Caucasians Anonymous. <laughs> I am just that white. Caucasian Pastors Anonymous. Got to get some more specific. So anyway, well, we have uh, extended our time here uh, today, uh, I think, on an important topic. Is there anything more that you wanted to uh, mention or talk about? No, but I will say these things aren't going to cease. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's just going to keep going more. It's, 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 I mean, things are going to keep growing more and more, and our recognition of it is going to grow more and more. We need to keep asking ourselves, how do we make sure that we reflect God's holiness and God's justice and God's mercy? Mm-hmm. And I think it comes back to the accountability within the local church. Yep. And our need for other believers within our local congregations mm-hmm. to nail our feet to the floor in love to make sure that we're handling all these things. That way we're not overcompensating in either direction. Yeah. And I think if I could add one last thing to that as no, well. No, Okay. I, I've well, it's been great having you. No, <laughs> no I, I think as well, I think we need to be fervently praying for yes. conviction in the hearts of individuals within the local church as well. Yes. Because I think that we have we have leaned into the world more than we've leaned into the word, um, and uh, I need more word. I need more <laughs> conviction in my life. If that makes sense. I understood. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening today. We uh, really appreciate it. If you have questions or comments, uh, reach out to us through the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Walkup Radio, or you can reach us at walkupradio.wordpress.com. Until next time, we'll uh, see you then. God bless.